Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Monday, the 21st of February. We start with breaking news out of the UK this morning and Queen Elizabeth II has tested positive to COVID. Buckingham Palace has released a statement overnight saying the 95-year-old monarch is experiencing mild cold-like symptoms. But many are concerned about Her Majesty's health given her age and recent health battles. Seven European Bureau Chief Hugh Whitfeld has told Australia Today this morning it's not known who the Queen contracted COVID from. We know, of course, that uh, she came into contact or she saw Prince Charles back on February the 8th. He tested positive two days later. His wife, Camilla, a few days after that. It would seem that that's a bit too far back for Charles to be the one who spread COVID to the monarch. Protocols here at Windsor have been relaxed in recent months as they have in many parts of the world, including Australia and Britain. The Queen, who is believed to have had three doses of the COVID vaccine, will continue with light duties around Windsor Castle. Back home now and hundreds of international travellers and tourists are set to touch down in Australia this morning as our overseas borders finally reopen. After more than 700 days, visitors with two vaccine doses can now enter our country in a major boost to struggling tourism businesses. Here's Daniel Gershwin from Queensland's Tourism Industry Council. Well, it's an important milestone for an industry that has been absolutely decimated over the last two years now and particularly out of the international market, uh, complete and accumulated losses over this period for Australia, uh, probably in the vicinity of $80 billion. The federal government has slammed the actions of a crew from a Chinese naval ship north of Darwin as a dangerous act of intimidation. The crew directed a laser towards an Australian Defence Force aircraft mid-flight in northern Australia on Thursday. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has joined the opposition leader, Anthony Albanese, in condemning the action. I can see it no other way uh, than a- an act of intimidation, uh, one that is unprovoked, unwarranted, and Australia will never um, uh, accept such acts of intimidation. Western leaders are warning of an imminent invasion in Ukraine as Russia and Belarus extend their military drills near the border. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says he hopes sense will prevail, but has warned if Russia does invade, it will be a bloody and devastating war. The plan that we're seeing is for something that could be really the the biggest war in Europe since 1945, just in terms of sheer scale. The French president claims he has brokered a deal with Russian President Vladimir Putin to hold talks with Ukraine and the Organisation for Security and Cooperation in Europe, which will take place later today. It comes as hundreds have rallied across Australia to condemn Russia's aggression in Ukraine. Many who marched have friends and loved ones in Ukraine and spoke of their fear and uncertainty being felt by so many. Back home now, and the New South Wales government has flagged it is set to abolish COVID rapid antigen tests in schools. As Victoria announced on Friday, it will continue with the tests for the remainder of Term 1. The New South Wales and Victorian premiers are set to confirm mask rules for workplaces and schools this week. 
Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To WA, a new COVID restrictions will come into force across some parts of the state today as part of a reopening plan. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has the details from Perth. That's right, Tash. A few changes are now in place as Omicron cases surge and we get ready for our March 3 reopening. From today, masks are now mandatory across the state with some regional areas brought in line with Perth. While in Perth, Peel, the Great Southern, Southwest and Wheatbelt only 30 people are now allowed to visit the home, while the two-square-metre distance rule is back across hospitality venues. Australian Medical Association WA President Dr Mark Duncan-Smith says it's vital to curb the spread. We should see a peak around the nine to 10,000 cases because of these restrictions. If we don't have these restrictions and let it rip like some of the eastern states did, we could see a peak in the order of 50,000 cases. So that's why it's so important that people do um, carry out the restrictions. To New South Wales now and commuter chaos for thousands of passengers across Sydney today as train drivers walk off the job. The last-minute strike was called last night as workers start to return to the office. Our reporter Sasha Barbagat has more from Sydney. Not a good start to the week, Tash. After an 11th-hour bid by Transport for New South Wales to stave off, strike action by the union failed. That means all trains across Sydney have been cancelled today, covering every line from the North Shore to the inner city and down to the airport. The rail, tram and bus union will move ahead with the industrial action, wanting better pay and conditions, but has insisted in a statement it should not affect services because they're only refusing to agree to shift changes. Transport, though, has made the decision to cancel all trains across the network, saying it'd be impossible to safely operate services. Some replacement buses will operate, but commuters are being warned to avoid travel altogether. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. Local billionaire Mike Cannon-Brooks and a Canadian private equity firm called Brookfield want to buy energy giant AGL and close down its coal-fired power stations. Yeah, and they're prepared to pay $7 billion for AGL, $7.50 a share, and it comes as the company has been working towards a demerger of its power generation and retail assets within two years. The takeover plan aims to close down coal-fired powered stations quickly to replace it with power from renewable sources. Insiders think the board will reject the $7.50 offer. And Peter, New South Wales teachers want to pay increase of between 5 to 7.5% but are not ready to strike as yet. Yeah, that's right. And this is the first sign that we could end up with a significant inflation problem if other big unions follow suit and go for wage hikes as big as 7.5%. New South Wales teachers went on strike in November last year and had their pay rise claimed before the Industrial Relations Commission, but could strike again in term two if their pay claim fails. The Education Department has offered... 2.5%. And talking about wages, Peter, important data is out this week, which could be the catalyst for that interest rate increase for those with a mortgage ahead of schedule in June. Yeah, here are the key numbers to watch. The Reserve Bank thinks wages rose by 0.6% in the December quarter from the quarter before. This would mean wages rose by 2.25% for the year. But if the number is 0.8% for the quarter, the annual rise goes to 3%. And that's the magic number the RBA Governor, Dr Phil Lowe, has said would make him bring forward interest rate rises. Peter, thank you. Cheers. <laughs> 
time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett Sri Lanka has a reason to smile this morning after ending the T20 series against Australia with a win. Yeah, and their fans uh, certainly showed up in force last night to Tash to the MCG. The biggest turnout of the summer so far, just 17,000. Of course, the MCG holds 100, but the series was already decided. Australia holding a 4-0 lead, so going for a whitewash last night, but Sri Lanka managed to save face, as you mentioned, got there with uh, a ball to spare, some big hitting in that last over. Uh, means that they, they got a win, and they had a, quite a young side that came out to Australia as well. Uh, Aussie skipper Aaron Finch told Fox Sports they didn't set a big enough score to chase down. That's where the difference was in the game. I, I thought the partnership between Matty Wade and, and Daniel Sams was outstanding and then some really good stuff with the ball as well, but probably just wasn't quite enough at the end. And Glenn Maxwell earned player of the series honours. And Brett, also there are question marks over Aaron Finch's place in the side ahead of the World Cup. Yeah, he was moved down the order to number three and certainly didn't set the world on fire in this series. And Mark War, an Aussie cricket legend, believes that he could be past his prime. Matthew Wade, his teammate, has gone into bat for him, though. I think he's a class player and I've heard people question him um, where he's at. He averages 40 and strikes at 140 for a reason. He's a class player. He's the captain of our team. And the questions are always going to come when you get a little bit older. And, and there were questions about David Warner before the last World Cup and he uh, went on to win the player of the series honour. So no doubt that uh, Aaron Finch will bounce back. Absolutely. And how good is this? Aussie golfer Hannah Green continues to create history. Yeah, she certainly did over the weekend. The first woman to win a mixed gender tournament. This was the TPS Murray River event, so an Australian uh, tournament, and she dominated the field, winning by four strokes. That included her boyfriend, Jared Felton. Green telling uh, Fox Sports she felt the support of the crowd. I think because everyone was cheering for me a little bit more than perhaps the guys, uh, it helped me a little bit. And just some news out of the NRL trials over the weekend. Uh, Parramatta sweating on the fitness of Hayes Dunster, one of their wingers. Uh, very awkward tackle yesterday. He's leg folding underneath him. So looks like he's got a knee injury. Fingers crossed, though, it's not season-ending. Ouch. All right. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. And the Beijing Winter Olympics has ended with a spectacular closing ceremony, marking Australia's most successful Winter Games yet. The Australians won four medals with one gold, two silver and one bronze. Australian bobsledder Bree Walker telling Channel 7... It was a perfect closing ceremony. It's such a special night. It's so great to have everyone together. We've all come from different villages and we've all come together to enjoy the evening. It's very exciting. Three-time Olympian Sammy Kennedy-Sim, who is also a stroke survivor, carried the flag during the closing ceremony. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.